0: Welcome to the Successful Women Show. Our mission is to help women in their careers, women in business, and women who aspire to become business owners live their dreams and reach their goals. I am Dr. Madeline Ann Lewis, your host. You know, in today's modern society, women often face challenges that can sometimes make them feel less of themselves. I understand how it feels to go through tough times. And I also believe as women, we have come too far to quit. This show is dedicated to my mom, Lily Lewis. She was my inspiration, my champion, and my role model growing up. And you know, at the time I did not realize, but I now know that my mom did not have the same opportunities that women have today. I remember as a child, my mom worked two jobs to keep our household going. My father during the earlier years was not around, so she was the sole income source in our home. And you know, I saw the sacrifices that my mom made so that my sister and I would have what we needed. Life was not easy for her, but she always let us know that you can be whatever you want it to be, that you never give up on your dreams, and that you never quit. So that is what I want women to know. You can do it. You can have a stellar career. You can be the CEO of your own business, and you can have a great life. It just takes faith, perseverance, and a belief in you. So again, welcome to the Successful Women Show. Today, we have a phenomenal guest that we're going to bring to you. And our guest is Aisha, Aisha Alcorn, and she is the founder and CEO of Epiphany Institute. Aisha is the founder... And she's the founder of Epiphany Institute, and she's also a personal development firm, which is also a personal development firm that helps people connect their purpose and passion to their profession. She specializes in helping coaches, consultants, authors, and other experts build their platforms and personal brands so they can make a bigger impact on the world. She's the author of Personal Branding Primer, Five Rules to Win, Being You, and On Purpose, Practical Strategies to Live Your Best Life, as well as a frequent keynote speaker and trainer. So now I can go on and on about her background. Uh, there, w- And if I did, we would just be here all day. <laughs> I mean, it's just so much to say about her. So I just like to bring... Aisha Coburn on, and just uh, I should just welcome and just tell us about you. Tell us, uh, uh, let us know how you got started in doing what you're doing.
1: Dr. Madeline, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, I, I guess a, a good place to start would be uh, sharing that uh, I'm a corporate dropout, <laughs> two-time corporate dropout, and. For me, it just really amounted to waking up one day and realizing I don't see anybody around here that I wanna be when I grow up. Mm -hmm. I had had checked the boxes, I went to college, I got a good paying job. Mm -hmm. Uh, The job even ended up moving me out of state. And so my family was very proud of me, especially considering the fact I got pregnant when I was 17 and had a baby. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, I bounced back, I did it. and, And so in the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, well, I should be happy, I should be happy. I've done so much more than anybody has expected of me, I should be content. And I thought to myself, am I just being ungrateful because I'm in this great job and making good money and I'm still not happy. Mm -hmm. And I just realized that, you know what, I, have got to figure out what my own definition of happiness is and not get caught up in trying to live society's definition. And when I accepted that, I really stepped back and had to think, okay, what do I want? And for me, I realized that the way that i wanted to use my gifts and talents in the world it at that point there was no job description that was going to allow me to do it i had to go build it and so even though i didn't really think of myself as an entrepreneur i knew to, to do the type of work that i want to have the freedom and the flexibility that i want to be able to take care of, of my health the way that i want not stressing myself out getting sick the way that i was before I had to build my own thing. And so 11 years ago, that's what I did. Wow. So basically,
0: what, are, what is it that you're trying to achieve with the Epiphany Institute? Where are you, um, for example, where do you see yourself in the next, say, three years?
1: So let me start with what we do right now, and then I'll tell you where we're going. And so Epiphany Institute is a, a personal professional development company, but a big piece of our focus is really helping people to connect their purpose and their passion with their profession. So in some cases, that means we're working with people that are in corporate America or traditionally employed and helping them to figure out how do they connect their purpose to the work that they do? How do they bring more of themselves to work every day so they can make a bigger impact? For some people, it's how do we take your passion, take your vision, and help you to create that business that you've been dreaming about. And for other people, it's really helping them to build that platform where they can make a difference. There's a there are so many women out here who have a message who have talent and experience that can literally change somebody's life, but you're keeping it to yourself or you're only sharing it with people who are blessed enough to be within arm's reach of you. And so for people that know that they're called to to make a bigger impact at a bigger level, we're helping them to build their platform. So whether that's they're wanting to speak, whether they're wanting to host a show like this right here, or they want to write books, Whatever that is, we're helping them to really build out the strategy around that and to build their confidence to be able to step out there. And so our goal is to just to do that in bigger ways to make a bigger impact and and building media platforms that allow us to continue to do that as well.
0: So in, your, uh, in the Epiphany Institute and the things that you do, how you, the services that you offer, do you mainly see more women come to, coming to you or is it more men or do you have an equal number of both?
1: I'll say 80% of my clients are women. Um, and, and I think that that is because women tend to be a little more self-aware and a little more willing to break the rules. Uh, than some of the, the men that I've traditionally work with. And so that's, that's who I attract. Or it could just because be because there are some men that just don't want to be taught by a woman, you know? So, because <laughs> I have run into that too, uh, and I know that that's a reality. I used to do corporate training, and, and sometimes I'd be in that room and they'd look at me with their little arms crossed and say, little black girl, I don't want to hear nothing you got to say. <laughs> <You know? laughs> wow. And you miss out on your blessing because I'm pretty smart and I can bless your socks off. But, um, so I think that that is, is why, uh, I tend to attract more women, but my business certainly isn't, uh, focused primarily on women. I do serve men as well. But, um, one of the things though, that I am finding, um, that women tend to struggle with to the point of limitation Mm -hmm. more than men. Is that we feel like we have to be perfect mm-hmm. before we'll go after the things that we want okay. so I will see women who say okay I want to start a business but they feel like they have to have every you know a 50 page business plan and have everything all figured out and the planets have to perfectly align and they feel like they have to be able to answer every question before they will step out and do anything mm-hmm. and I see the same thing with the people that I work with around personal branding. Uh, Men will step out and and feel that they have expertise to share when they know a little bit. But women, (laughs) quite often, we feel like we have to be, we have to know all the things. And of course, it it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're a doctor, if you're in any profession, you're never going to know all the things because Mm -hmm. the world is continually evolving. But you have to step back and think, okay, what can I bring to the world that's unique? And and be confident enough in your abilities, in your message, in the expertise that you have that you step out and do it. And you don't have to be perfect mm-hmm. to make an impact. Yeah.
0: And, you know, it's inster- interesting that you would say that because I remember I was at a conference one time and, and actually it was a man teaching the... the uh, the training uh, that I was sitting in, and one of the things that he said, which I found very surprising for it to come from a man, he said that men will, like you were just saying, apply for something rather they're like 50% experienced in it, but women always feel that they need to be 100% experience in it, be it a career, applying for a position, or as you said, be it uh, going for a business venture. They always feel, but my philosophy is that, like you said, you don't have to know everything because you can always put people around you in those different areas that you don't have that expertise in. And that's what I I tend to tell women uh, when I'm training, doing my training and things like that, because I think that... If it's always, to me, uh, a philosophy that if you get up there pull one up anyway, so if you're putting people around you with that expertise, then you have someone there that may, I mean, you should know a little bit about, you know, those things like I always tell people. Uh, especially in the workplace, don't just sit in that little cubicle, you know, in the office, you need to come out. You need to come out and you need to meet the people in human resource. You need to meet the people in budget. You need to meet the people in EPO because some one of these days, you may have to call on one of them. And so you have to have those connections, but you don't always have to have that expertise in all those different areas, but you do need to know how who you can reach out to and where to go when you need that expertise.
1: I love so much that you said that because a lot of what I teach is personal branding mm-hmm. and whether it's people who are traditionally employed or even people who own businesses, that is a, an area that I really see people lacking and it's having those authentic relationships. Mm-hmm. And i used to work in a setting i I worked for a chemical company for years i worked for a a a trash company Mm -hmm. and so you know particularly in the chemical company i'm working with with chemists i'm working with engineers Mm -hmm. and particularly people of color and a lot of the women that i I knew but uh i I, I saw this a lot with people of color you know we come to work and we say look i'm not here to make friends I'm here to do my job and I'm going to let my work speak for itself. But then when different opportunities would come up and you wonder why you keep getting passed over and you say, but I I have the the qualifications qualifications on paper, but they don't know you. Right. Right. and it's not about having to go out the happy hour or telling everybody at work all your business but you have to be able to build relationships with people to the point That's that true. I mean think about it if if i'm if i have a company with a dude, but if i'm looking to hire somebody and i'm thinking okay i'm going to be spending 40 plus hours a week with you for the next how many years? And I have the option of working with someone who I think I'm going to enjoy being around or someone who I really don't know you or not. I'm going to go with that person that I feel like I will actually enjoy being around who can still do the job as well. And so we've got to be be willing to let that wall down mm-hmm. and make connections with people. I don't care if it's talking about uh, a, a book you just read, a TV mm-hmm. show that you have in common with somebody, a, a place that you like, a hobby you have, whatever that is. It's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be that you're letting someone invade your personal space to build relationships.
0: Absolutely. Because you definitely have to come out of your comfort zone. And what you said about a lot of times, uh, we look at it as though, I don't want everybody in my business. So I'm just here to do the job. I'm not here to make friends. But then on the second spectrum of that, it's like when you apply for pr- uh, a promotion, there's always you always need to have someone in that room to speak up for you. But who's going to speak up for you if nobody in that room knows you? That's
1: you right. Know? And, and even beyond knowing you, they have to know what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I, I did when I was in corporate America, at one point I had two basically full-time roles that were aligned to two different parts of the business. So I, 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 I sat on two different leadership teams, reported, two, had two different sets of tasks. These, the people that I worked for didn't even communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. and so one manager would know what I'm doing for him the other one would know what I was doing for him but they had no idea that the collective of everything all the results that I was delivering mm-hmm. and so what I started doing is, is every other week I would send out an email and I had a little template that I could easily just copy paste into my email and it just basically gave them a quick update of here's what's going on Here's what I've accomplished. And if there were any roadblocks that I've run into, here are the challenges and how I suggest we resolve them. Oh. Now, what this helped them to do is because, of course, performance review time is coming, right? Mm-hmm. So when they got ready to do my performance reviews, All they had to do, I'm sure they just filed these away in their email file and they could pull them out and just say, okay, what all has she accomplished? Mm -hmm. And the same thing for me, when I had to do my part of the performance review and say, what have I accomplished? All I, I would take that and just keep a running Word document and I could just go through and see here were all of my accomplishments for the year because you'll forget and we may set goals and Things may change to where you may not hit those goals because maybe those things are no longer a priority to the organization, but you've taken on new things that were more important. And yeah. so you you got to make sure that those things don't slip within the cracks. And so being able to frequently communicate your capabilities and the yeah. results that you're delivering, that is critical. Yeah. Nobody is going to give you a raise because you're nice or just because you think you deserve it, you've got to be able to show the return on your investment for being in that organization. Absolutely,
0: And that's what you get a lot of times when someone doesn't get the promotion, that's the first thing they'll say, well, I deserve this. Well, why? Where, where is it? <laughs> you know, it's like uh, I know with the, um, especially in the federal government, because they have those steps, you know, every year you could get a step, the next step after you. And most of them felt like they were entitled to it. But the thing about it, you weren't entitled to it. It was still only if you were performing to that next level. And that's what some of them did not seem to understand. That, you know, it's it's really not an automatic thing unless someone signs off on it. And so if that's someone who's signing off, if they feel like you haven't been doing anything, or that you always coming in late, or that you, you know, your work is, is uh, subpar, then, why should I take you to the next reward you for doing subpar work
1: right for showing up Exactly.
0: (laughs) that's about that's
1: that's the thing we've got to remember everything that we do either strengthens or diminishes our personal brand everything we do Mm -hmm. so you know you you over deliver on that assignment you've strengthened your brand Mm -hmm. you show up late more often than not, you're you're diminishing your brand. And so Absolutely. you may be thinking to yourself, okay, well, I'm still getting work done, but what is the perception? And yeah. so you've always got to be conscious of that. Now, I want to go back to kind of what I was saying and, and kind of give you the, the other side of that for business owners. Okay. So we talked about what it looks like within an organization, but if you're a business owner, mm-hmm. sometimes, and, and I was having this conversation with my cousin on, on social media that she posted something, she has a a body butter line, wonderful product. And she was frustrated because she felt like my family's not supporting me. And I told her, look, I've been in business for 11 years. And if I was reliant on my family and friends supporting me, I wouldn't have made it a year.
0: Absolutely. And
1: so we've got to be able to figure out who needs what we have your product, your service, your expertise, whatever that is, who is, what problem are you solving? And focus on those people that have the problem that you solve and who are willing to pay you what you deserve for it. But you've still got to be able to articulate that you understand their problem and that you are indeed the best solution for it or the ideal solution for them. And so if we can't articulate those things, just like if you're in a workplace and you can't articulate what results, if we can't articulate the problem that we solve, who we solve it for and why we're the right solution, you are going to struggle to get the types of opportunities that you want, to get enough clients, to earn enough money, to get to that next space of opportunity that you want. So that's that's a part of managing your personal brand as well.
0: So as you see um, the entrepreneurs and uh, the people that are in business, how do you think, especially for women, how difficult is it for entrepreneurs to have work-life balance?
1: It's a decision. It's a decision. I, I, I tell my clients all the time, look, you don't have to build a Frankenstein business. When I was in corporate America, somebody else had the ability to tell me when I had to show up and whether or not I could take vacation and when I needed to be back. Well, when I decided 11 years ago I was going to start a business, there were some very specific things that I took to, to allow me to have my definition of balance. And I was mentioning to you before we started the recording, You know, I, I decided I was going to jump on a plane and, and travel back home to, to Michigan where I'm from. And I bought a one-way ticket because I can't. I don't have anybody telling me I have to sit in Arizona in my, my home office and be there. I built my business so I could do it from wherever in the world I wanted to do it. And so I created that. And so we've got to make sure that we make conscious decisions as we're building our businesses, that it aligns with the things that we want for our lives. And so that means that there may be some opportunities people are telling, oh, girl, you need to do this. You ought to do that. You'll be great at this. Does it align to what you want for your life? Absolutely. You might want to speak, but if you say, I'm going to start this business because I want to have more time at home with my kids. then you don't need to be jumping on a plane every week to go speak. That's out of alignment but that means that you may develop curriculum that you can share with people. And and now, of course, that's the world we're living in right now. Everybody's sharing everything uh, uh, virtually. And so there are ways that you can still accomplish your purpose, build the type of business that you want, and it can still be in alignment with the life and the type of balance. And I use that word in air quotes because we all have different different definitions of that. But you got to know what you want and build to suit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh,
0: I know that you have your book uh, you have your book I'll tell us how if they wanted to reach out to you not only to get your services or to work with you in some manner
1: and also how would they be able to get your book so if you go to coachisha.com you'll see and I actually have, have three books uh, so we have uh, on purpose, practical strategies to live your best life, which is the newest book, which I actually co-wrote with a number of my clients. Again, I, I talked about giving people those platforms to share their message, and So that's one of them. And then, uh, we have five rules to win being you. And then I'm also a co-author in a few books as well. But if you go to CoachAisha.com, you'll see the books, uh, you'll see episodes of, of some of the podcasts that I host, um. And most importantly, if if you're listening to what I'm saying and it's resonating with you and you're thinking to yourself, okay, there's some things related to my brand that are off. I'm not getting enough of the opportunities that I want. Or um, when I look at my business, I know that I've got a message that I need to be sharing on bigger platforms, but I don't know how, or I'm overwhelmed, or I'm dealing with fear and doubt and and, and struggling with my own confidence. If that is your challenge, then I want to encourage you to reach out to me. And and you can do that very easily by uh, just going to chat with Aisha, I-S-H-A and you can get on my calendar and let's talk about it.
0: Well, I tell you what, the information that you have given us has been so key, especially about when you talk about the personal brand, um, how people don't realize that basically what you're saying is that they are their brand in in most cases. You are your brand. And so the way you conduct yourself, if you're late or if you, you know, different things like that, then that's, that's the way you're gonna be branded. That's the way people are gonna see you. So uh, i just like to thank you again for coming on the Successful Women's Show. You have given us some great nuggets here that uh, I hope that everyone was taking notes and jotted down some information that um, would be definitely some takeaways for them and also your information to be able to contact you know, to be able to get into contact with you. So again, this has been the Successful Women Show. I am Dr. Madeline Ann Lewis, the host. If you'd like to reach out to me, then you can go to www.exwsi.com or you can email me at info at exwsi.com. If you go to my website, please make sure to download my three-part video series on three things every woman should do to position herself for executive leadership before you have the title and also uh go to if you go to crackthecareercode.com, you can sign up for my online course which is crack the career code how to lead with confidence charisma and credibility So I just would like to thank our listeners for joining us today. Thank my guest again, Ms. Aisha Coburn, uh, for joining us also and bringing us such great information. So uh, come back again and join us when we bring you some more success nuggets. So as we leave you, I just want to say to be well and stay safe out there.